musicians for giving us a little extra uh, anthem this morning, and uh, we're, we're proud of you, and we rejoice for that. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 49 will be our scripture today. In those days, Mary set out with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why, and why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who received that there who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It was about 17 years ago, right at this time of the year, and we all were in a store, and to be honest with you, I can't remember if it was Walmart or Target, one of those, one of those stores like that. But I do remember this. We were in the, in the greeting card section. We were looking at Christmas cards, right? And all of a sudden, I hear uh, my wife, Tammy, start to laugh and giggle. And uh, she comes over to me, and she's got a card in her hand, and she's just grinning from ear to ear. And she hands me this card, and she says, this is you, sweetie. And um, on the front of the card was this old guy, right? So I'm right away, I'm thinking, well, thanks a lot. Um, and on the outside of the card, it says, um, your hair may have turned gray, and you may have lost a step or two, and you may be a little thicker around the middle, and I'm getting worse and worse, you know. And so I opened the card, and it's got a picture of the guy's wife. And she's saying, but here's something to cheer you up. I'm pregnant. So uh, you might be wondering why Tammy was giggling so much and handing me this card and saying, this is you, sweetie. Because at the time, here's the scene. Um, I'm pushing the shopping cart. Inside the shopping cart is a three-year-old Emily Kate sitting on top of the, coffin, uh, of the shopping cart. In, a, in one of those baby carriers is a one-year-old Allison, and Tammy is pregnant with Michael. And, and so... Um, I was feeling like the guy on the greeting card, and I remember thinking, Lord, what are we going to do with all these babies? Uh, it was a little bit over overwhelming. It was overwhelming. I, if you look up the word overwhelmed in the dictionary, you'll, you'll discover a situation where things are pouring down over the top of something to the point that it can't take anymore. And I just wonder if you've felt overwhelmed lately. It, it just seems like sometimes there's just too much. Uh, I've seen a lot of overwhelmed people lately. Uh, we have a couple of high school students and a college student in our home. And, and uh, in the last couple of weeks when, when finals and these final projects were getting ready, then there was overwhelmed look on their faces and 
Um, I have, uh, you know, friends that are going through things. I have a, uh, a good friend that had been working at her same job for 28 years, and a couple of weeks ago she got given a pink slip uh, just for no apparent reason, and she's not going to have a job anymore, and she's at an age where she's wondering, how am I going to find a job? And another friend who's about to change jobs, and, and it's a good thing, but it's very stressful because he's trying to finish out where he is. He wants to finish well where he is, and he's going into a brand-new adventure that he has no idea how it's going to be, and he's really stressed. Another one of my friends over in Georgia has uh, a really stressful, busy job, and on top of that, and family and everything, his wife is going through chemo treatments now. So everywhere I turn, all I'm thinking is that one word, overwhelmed. That Christmas 17 years ago, the feeling I had was, okay, I'm no longer a spring chicken, you know. I, I've got these two little kids. My wife is expecting. I might have felt a little bit like Zechariah in the scripture we read this morning. You know, John the Baptist's daddy, uh, the scripture we read has a really interesting backstory to it. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were, I mean, they were a really great couple. They're very devout, God-fearing people, highly respected in the community. They got a lot of things going for them. Only problem was they didn't have any children. And they were past the age of where anyone would logically expect to be able to have children. And not having children is, is, is not that big of a deal for our society today. I mean, if you don't have any kids, that means you got more cats and dogs that you can have, right? Um, but in their day, not having children was considered a curse. They were considered cursed by God. And there was a stigma. There was a real stigma. I mean, people talked about you when you didn't have kids. So Zechariah was serving as a priest and it was his turn to present the offering uh, the offering of incense at the temple and so he was there uh, before the Lord at the temple he was praying he was offering the incense and the angel of the Lord Gabriel came and spoke to him in Luke 1 12 it says uh, here's Ze here's what Zechariah thought about the whole thing it says when Zechariah saw him he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him there's that word again overwhelmed so Gabriel the angel says don't be afraid your prayers have been heard you and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will name him John you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth then he goes on to tell Zechariah that John is going to be dedicated to God even before he's ever born he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mom's womb and he will be like Elijah a great prophet and forerunner and the news was overwhelming to Zechariah. Okay? So take that story. Let's stick a pen in it and set it to the side and talk about another story that runs almost parallel to that. Um, in this story, the angel Gabriel appears to a young woman named Mary. She's engaged to Joseph. And that, what that meant in their day was that they were legally bound together in a way that we can't really conceive, but... In their day, being engaged, it, it, to break up, you had to go through a process that was like a divorce, okay? The period of engagement would be a year long at which the girl would live at home with her parents while uh, her fiancé was building a home for them to live in. 
Um, and all during that time, even though they weren't living together as husband and wife, they were considered legally joined. So much so that if the man died, the woman would be considered his widow, even though they hadn't officially gotten married. So this is Mary's condition. This is where she is in her life when Gabriel comes to her and says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And then tells her she's going to have a son and that they're going to name him Jesus and that he would be the son of the Most High God and that he would be heir to David's throne, that his kingdom would never end. Now, Mary... This young teenage girl who was betrothed, who had not yet been uh, in a physical relationship with her husband-to-be, was being told that she was going to have a son. A thousand things must have been running through her mind all at once. What's Joseph going to say about all this? I mean, it would be within his rights to have her stoned to death according to the law. What would her family say? I mean, her family could just disown her. She could be out on the streets. What would the neighbors say? Is this going to get put on Facebook? Just seeing if y'all are awake out there. Overwhelmed. So Zechariah, in his story, is overwhelmed by the news. Mary is overwhelmed by the news. But they respond in completely different ways. Zechariah responds by doubting. He says something like this. He says, how can I be sure... Gabriel that what you're telling me is true you got to give me a sign because I mean my wife Elizabeth is way on up there in years and the angel says you know what if you can't say something positive and hopeful then it's best that you not say anything at all and Gabriel hits the mute button and Zechariah can't talk he can't say a word until after the baby's born have you ever wished that you had one of those Angel Gabriel buttons that you could, when someone says anything or posts anything or tweets anything that's less than hopeful, that you could just say, if you can't say something nice, right? So Mary responds quite differently. She does ask how this can be since she's a a virgin, but then she says these words, here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Mary arrives at the believing stage she just believes and the results of her believing are are hope and and faith and then later on joy she goes to visit her cousin elizabeth and she sings a song of praise that says my soul magnifies the lord my spirit rejoices in god my savior this year uh, during advent we've been talking about being fully present in every moment every stage of the way Uh, We talked a couple of weeks ago about being in the preparing stage and John the Baptist and his message. Today we're at the believing stage. The believing stage is what got Mary to the joy that she had in her soul. Verse 45 is key. Blessed is she who believed. I know you might be thinking, how can she feel joy? How can she consider herself blessed, consider her circumstances? I mean, she's pregnant, she's not married. It's probably the reason that she left town to begin with to go and and visit her cousin Elizabeth. Um, Can you imagine having joy even when you're overwhelmed? To understand Mary's joyful reaction, I think we need to understand the true meaning of joy. What do you think of when you think of the word joy? Um, 
not too long ago, I drove by uh, an elementary school, and the kids were out on the playground, and there were these little elementary age girls that were holding hands and skipping, you know. Um, and I was thinking, you know, that's a, a really good picture of what joy is. Um, so is joy a, a feeling? Is it an emotion? Well, sometimes, sometimes it is. But it's deeper than that, really. It's deeper than that. The Bible calls in Galatians 5, and 23 that joy is a fruit of the Spirit, along with love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So joy is more than a feeling. More than a feeling. Okay? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Just like love is more than a feeling. It's an inward grace. It's something that God does within us. It's a reaction that we have to what God is doing in us. That's joy. And sometimes we experience it with our emotions and we just want to jump for joy. And sometimes we experience it with our heart and our mind. And it becomes an anchor that we drop that helps us to survive the storms of life. It becomes a flag that we raise in our lives regardless of our circumstances. Um, back in medieval days, uh, whenever the king was in the castle, the castle would raise the flag that bore the king's crest. One definition I heard of joy is that joy is the flag that flies over our castle of our heart when the king is in residence there. You may not feel like dancing for joy this year right now but you can always raise the flag you can always drop the anchor what a powerful witness it is when we can do that even when we're overwhelmed John Wesley could tell us something about that back in 1736 John Wesley boarded a ship in England to sail for Georgia which was then a colony of course he was going to serve as a missionary in Georgia. And on the way across the Atlantic, there was a terrible storm that came up and, and just pounded the ship that he was in. Just It shredded the mainsail and, and it overwhelmed uh, the, the deck. And the people who were below, were uh, many of them were screaming and crying in fear. But there was a group of Moravian missionaries from Germany who, in the middle of this storm, calmly sang hymns and prayed and this had a tremendous impact on John Wesley he was astounded he would write about this in his journal and so he gets to Georgia and John and Charles Wesley have a terrible experience I mean terrible experience in Georgia uh, he failed as a priest he failed in his love life he was just rejected and dejected and he sailed back to England in 1738 uh, with his tail tucked between his legs really and he was very depressed on May the 24th 1738 he was down he was depressed one of his friends talked him into going to a Bible study and he went over on Aldersgate Street in London and while he was listening to someone read the preface to Martin Luther's preface to the book of Romans something happened on the inside of John Wesley he would later write, I felt my heart strangely warm. I felt I did trust in Christ alone for my salvation. 
on that day, John Wesley finally reached the believing stage. And his heart was filled with joy. It was his awakening. It was a turning point in his life. And it all can be traced back to that group of Moravians in the bottom of that ship who dropped the anchor of joy even in the storm. We are headed full speed toward Christmas. Two more days. The closer we get, if you haven't already been hearing it everywhere you go, you're going to run into people who are going to say, Merry Christmas. Maybe you're saying it to everybody you meet. I hope you are. But what if we really meant it? What if we really meant, you know, I really wish for you that deep abiding joy that deep gladness of heart that is a, a result of what God is doing in you, inside of you. I really do wish that for you, that gift of joy. And it starts by really, really believing. Really believing what the Lord has said. And then inviting Christ the King to dwell in the castle of your heart. So that you can raise that flag of joy when no matter the weather, no matter what other people think. But you know what other people are going to think? They're going to think, what is it about him? What is it about her? You know, they kind of shine like a light. I think I want what they have. We've been invited to receive the gift of joy and Matthew chapter 22, Jesus tells a parable about a king that is inviting people to come to a joyful wedding banquet. And I can't get out of my mind the reaction of some of the people who were invited. Verse 5 in Matthew 22 says, But some made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. I'm thinking about those people and it's not like they went away and did something bad. They didn't go off and rob a bank or something. They just went to their farm, went to their business. In other words, they were too busy with all the normal things going along, too busy to pay much attention, too busy to believe and to act on the invitation to a joyful banquet I don't want to be like that. I know you don't either. Blessed is she who believed. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that each one of us today can reach that stage that Mary did. When she was given the good news that we could reach a stage where despite being overwhelmed sometimes, we still can say, my soul rejoices. My soul magnifies the Lord. Let it be with us, Lord. Let it be with us even as you will. In Jesus' name. Our closing hymn will be number 251.
as we receive the gift of joy, let's go tell it on the mountain. Let's stand together.